This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the May 24, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. Electrical blackouts are predicted for this summer, with the Midwest being among the worst regions. An aging electric grid system, reliance on renewables, and hotter weather may all be contributors. Glad I have a pool, except for the pump thing. President Biden said this on higher gas prices, quote, Here's the situation, and when it comes to the gas prices, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, will be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over, end quote. I categorize his comment as too soon, like at a funeral when an aging, aging loved one dies after a horrible illness and a guest at the funeral says, boy, I bet you're glad that's over. Also, given we don't have enough electricity, I can foresee some problems with a sudden increase in the number of electric cars. Pfizer released data that suggests three really small vaccine doses for kids under five give significant protection against COVID-19, quote, with a safety profile similar to placebo, end quote. Okay, do kids under five have a COVID problem? The FDA will have a meeting of some big group in June to review the data. Moving on. As cited in a previous podcast, the 2016 campaign manager for Hillary Clinton recently testified in court that she approved leaking information connecting Donald Trump to a Russian bank. I think we can also say information her group concocted. I read that the mainstream media is not covering the story. Also, we already knew that the Clinton campaign funded the Steele dossier and channeled it into the FBI. Despite that and more, the Washington Post bravely ran a headline, quote, Again, there's no evidence Hillary Clinton triggered the Russian probe, end quote. Yeah, and there's no evidence that I'm fat, except your lying eyes. Sticking with the Washington Post, they ran a headline, quote, Voting is surging in Georgia despite controversial new voting law, end quote. I question the use of the word despite in that headline. A more accurate headline might be, quote, I'm quoting myself though, surging Georgia voting numbers prove the controversy over the new voting law was bullshit, end quote. Seriously, say oops on your Georgia election law coverage and at least maybe preserve your appearance of integrity by pretending that you seriously thought the Georgia law would suppress votes. White House aides did a cleanup in aisle four over Biden's remark that the U.S. would militarily defend Taiwan. The linked CNN analysis by Stephen Collinson does a nice job of explaining this snafu and our position towards Taiwan. The U.S. position is strategic ambiguity. Sounds odd at first, but I guess the reasoning is we might send troops, but we don't want Taiwan to count on that and go too far, which would alienate mainland China. We do supply arms to Taiwan for their own defense. I'm not sure the specifics of what Biden said are that bad. It will blow over. What bothers me more is it makes him look doddering and confused to have people come behind him and have to clean things up. FYI, AIDS had to do that for Trump also. I have never taken global warming seriously. I know many of you think that is awful. 
My reasoning was that those jumping up and down over global warming did not take it seriously. If they did not take it seriously, why should I? I felt that way because they were against nuclear power. Nuclear power is low CO2 emission electrical source that works when the wind does not blow and the sun does not shine. The U.S. has built very few nuclear plants in the last 40 years as a result of the Three Mile Island incident and environmental pressure against nuclear energy. Note, more power plants would likely mean fewer coal plants. I raised this issue because Finland's Green Party, per the linked Andrew Studeford article, is changing its platform to call for more nuclear power. Good for them. They grew up and took an adult stance. My big plan for today was to do something on the middle 50%. That person who was dead in the middle. And not on an average, because an average can be skewed by a few crazies way out there. I was going to do it on the medium, where half are to one side and half are to the other side. I wanted to look at the positions of this mythical 50 percenter. Maybe do it for the 25 percenters who are on either side of this person as well. My thought was it might help frame current conversations because the crazies get most of the conversation and yell others are out of the mainstream. I failed. I could not find it. I thought there would be articles on this. It seems so obvious. I may do this by going poll by poll and pulling this information together, but I worry that some polls are driven to provide certain answers and I could be misled. Still, I found some interesting information. From the link Gallup article, I learned that of those polled, 25% identify as liberal, 36% as moderate, and 37% as conservative. When they looked at that breakdown by party, there wasn't the, much in the way of a surprise for Democrats or Republicans, though 12% of Democrats say they are conservative and 4% of Republicans say they are liberal. For independents, 48% say they are moderate, 30% conservative, and 20% liberal. I ran across an article by Craig Bannister of CNS News that I will cover. First, I wanted to check on CNS News. It bills itself as a conservative media source focusing on original reporting and breaking news with a, quote, higher premium on balance than spin and seek news that ignored or underreported as a result of media bias by omission, end quote. Sounds good, though that is how they describe themselves. Anyway, the article covers a 2020 Cato Institute poll survey that asked folks to respond to this question, quote, the political climate these days prevents me from saying things I believe because others might find them offensive, end quote. What did they find? Well, I've got six points. From 2017 to 2020, the number of folks who agreed with that statement increased from 58% to 62%. Think about that a majority are afraid to express their views. Breakdown by party was 52% for Democrats, 59% for independents, and 77% for Republicans. Half of Democrats and over three quarters of Republicans self-censor. 58% of staunch liberals felt free to share their views. Emphasize felt free and also staunch, so the far left feel they can talk freely. 
2004, about one-third of liberals, moderates, and conservatives felt their careers could be harmed if they shared their views. Five, 50% of strong liberals, quote, would support firing a business executive who donates to President Donald Trump's re-election campaign, end quote. Six, quote, 36% of strong conservatives support firing Biden supporters, end quote. The last two really bother me. On the others, you can argue perceptions. You can argue being chicken, whatever. On the last two points, one-third of strong conservatives and one-half of strong liberals feel an executive should be fired for donating money to a presidential candidate of the other party. Not company money, but personal money is the way I read that. I'm struggling with what to say next, and this is the best I have. I want those strong liberals and strong conservatives to raise their hands so I know who feels a campaign donation is worthy of a firing. I want them to raise their hands so I know not to listen to them. They may not be stupid, but they have stupid ideas. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.